0: wherever whenever now from Studio B or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be here's Sean Kelly hey
1: how goes it greetings and welcome to the black and blue report podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans we're back in Studio B today on airline drive at the headquarters of the Saints and the Pelicans I'm Sean Kelly Greetings on this Thursday. We've got an interesting show for you, to say the least. Of course, we've got to look back at last night's uh, Pelicans Grizzlies um, game. Not much fun to talk about, but we'll do so here in just a second. As the Pelicans uh, lost at FedEx Forum, and uh, now see their record at forty-two and thirty-six. But things are still kind of where we thought they might be, and uh, again, we'll discuss that in just a moment. Hey, our NFL draft series uh, preview be- continues today. Yesterday, we did the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who select first? Today we move to the Tennessee Titans. Daniel Sallerson is going to visit with Terry McCormick from TitansInsider.com. And uh, we'll move through that series uh, today with some insight about the Titans and whether they're going to get into this quarterback uh, situation with uh, Jameis Winston or Marcus Mariota, or if they go a different route if they decide that Mettenberger's their guy. These are all some questions that uh, Daniel Sallerson, I think, will be posing to Terry a little bit later. And then, after that interview... Uh, we go <laughs> we go, kind of off the page here, uh, off the reservation, if you will, a bit uh, to welcome in two UFC fighters to Studio B. Uh, this, this should be pretty interesting. Louisiana's own uh, Daniel Cormier is back for the second time on Black and Blue Report today, and his opponent in the June 6th bout at Smoothie King Center, Ryan Bader, also not only on Black and Blue Report, but in studio B, at the same time as Cormier today, I'm curious to see how this is going to go. But uh, I will make my first venture into UFC today, and I'm excited to talk to those two, uh, those, those two men, and about the event coming up in June here in New Orleans. Uh, I think, I think we're going to talk about this in the interview. But I want to say that it's been just almost four years now uh, since the UFC held an event uh, in Louisiana, specifically New Orleans. So. Uh, I think that's great. Tickets go on sale for that event on Friday. That's why we bring it up today here on Thursday. All right, last night at FedEx Forum, uh, I think we want to call this a schedule loss. Uh, you can believe in that or not, but having been in the NBA as long as I have, they exist. And here's what I mean by a schedule loss. For example, uh, this example <laughs> the Pelicans play a thrilling, uh, emotional, and uh, physically taxing game against the Golden State Warriors on Tuesday night, win that contest, and then immediately get on a plane and head to Memphis, Tennessee, to take on the Memphis Grizzlies, arguably the second-best team in the Western Conference. The Grizzlies had four days uh, since their last game and uh, were a little tarked off at losing to the Wizards and certainly in a battle themselves to get the second seed in the Western Conference, so they were primed and ready to go. And uh, that's what I mean by a schedule loss. You are coming in on the second night of a back-to-back after an emotional, physical win against a team that's lying in wait and well-rested and has plenty to play for. And uh, I think that's what the uh, case was last night when the Pelicans lost 110-74. to It was their worst loss since early February. I think when the Bulls were here in early February, they thumped the Pels pretty good at Smoothie King Center. But we hadn't seen a loss like that for New Orleans since then. Uh... Things weren't great at halftime, double-digit deficit. I think the Pelicans were going to try and give it a good push in the third to see what happens, and then when that didn't go, I think Monty Williams then at that point said, okay, enough's enough, and, uh, and put his starters to bed for the night, and obviously then the loss dropped the Pelicans to 42-36. and 36. That's 53 wins now for the Grizzlies, by the way, who basically beat the Pelicans in just about every category. Uh, rebounding for sure, shooting percentage for sure, second-chance points, that was lopsided, 25-11 Grizzlies. And in the paint, it was Memphis 58, New Orleans 36. So quite a lopsided game last night to see the Memphis Grizzlies then take the season series three games to one. They spread out their scoring. They were very balanced. Uh, Tip of the cap to the Grizzlies, who, again, have a real legitimate shot at the number two seed now in the Western Conference, and that would mean that they also won the Southwest Division. Quincy Pondexter, double figures again. Anthony Davis, just 12 points in um, 27-plus minutes. Tyreek Evans had 10 points and 6, excuse me, 3 assists, 6 rebounds in about 26 minutes. He, though, shot 3 of 10, and Eric Gordon was 4 of 13. Nothing spectacular off the bench to report. So with all that being said, just a couple of thoughts from Pelicans head coach Monty Williams following last night's loss.
2: Coach, how did this one get away so badly on you guys? Um, We don't have enough time. But it was just a a tough game for us. Um, We had an emotional game last night. I thought um, we'd have some letdown today, but not this much. And um, they were sitting here rested. Uh, This was a game that they needed. And they played with a great deal of desperation. And and we uh, we looked a bit tired out there. And um, once I saw the defense in the third quarter, once I saw that, I said, our guys are just tired. And there was a free throw situation. Almost every guy had his hands on his knees. And so emotionally and physically, I thought we were uh, a bit drained tonight. And um, what I told our guys, it's one game. Uh, we're in a great position. Uh, we got to take care of our business. And um, if we do that, we'll be what we want to be. Coach, did the shooting
1: fall into that same category tonight? Because it seemed to fall off the table there in the second quarter. Yeah,
2: we only scored 12. Um, I thought we settled for a lot of jump shots. We didn't take it to the basket the way that we have been. Um, There wasn't a lot of purpose to what we were doing on offense. Uh, In the first quarter, I thought the ball was moving a little bit. We got into our flat drag offense in transition. In the second quarter, we didn't do it as well. But I thought our legs were a bit spent. A lot of our shots were front rim or just playing off, and um, we typically don't shoot the ball that way.
1: I have a feeling, Coach, they'll be ready for Friday.
2: Yeah, our guys are ready now. Um, Mentally, I know they feel bad about it, Um, and I wasn't great tonight either, so all of us have to be better come Friday night, and we will be.
1: So now with the loss, the Pelicans and the Thunder are dead even in their race for the eighth spot in the Western Conference playoffs. And because the Pelicans have the tiebreaker, you basically need to be as good as the Thunder or better uh, these final four games. That all starts tomorrow night, Smoothie King Center, Pelicans and Suns at 7 o'clock. More on that game before we wrap up today's Black and Blue Report. When we come back, Daniel Sallerson tease it up with Terry McCormick from TitansInsider.com as we continue our NFL Draft Preview Series. And then UFC right here in Studio B before we get out of here as well on this Thursday.
0: Join us this Friday at 7 p.m. at the Smoothie King Center as the Phoenix Suns face your New Orleans Pelicans as they push towards the playoffs. Pelicans Fest starts at 5.30 with music, interactive games, and appearances by Pierre and the Pelicans dance team. The first 3,000 lucky kids will receive a pair of Pelicans red kid shorts, the final giveaway in our year of the Red Uniform Series. Tickets start as low as $15, so call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. Racing
1: fans, you won't want to miss the Professional Drag Racers Association Cajun Nationals Pro Mod at Thunder Road Raceway Park in Gilliam, Louisiana, just outside of Shreveport. This exciting event runs April 30th through May 2nd. For more information, visit www.racetrp.com. And while in town, enjoy great gaming action, shopping, food, and nightlife. For additional things to see and do, visit shreveport bozierorg or call 888-45-VISITS.
5: I'm Tom Richards. I'm 35 years old, vice president of sales at a regional paper company. Six months ago, we decided to transition to one of those cool, collaborative open space offices. So now I sit in the open next to three other sales managers, which means there's nothing separating me from... (coughs) Not getting Carl's nasty cold and missing a sales opportunity this winter? That is my purpose. Blend it now.
0: Try the Immune Builder smoothie at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to stay healthy this winter. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson.
5: Welcome back to the show. We continue our NFL draft preview. Yesterday we heard from the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now we're on to pick number two. Tennessee Titans on the clock. And joining us from 24-7 sports, TitanInsider.com. He's been on the Titans beat since 1997. It's Terry McCormick. Terry, uh, good to have you on today. Thanks for having me. Terry, let's we'll start with uh, the big news. I guess was Mariota in town to visit with the Titans. Did you hear anything of how that visit went? Well, it's
6: just going on today. He arrived a little while ago to meet with Titans officials, and uh, they've already had a workout with him from his pro day at Oregon. They stayed over and had a private workout with him. They met with him at the Combine, so they know a lot about this kid, and they're just kind of putting the final touches on it with today's visit to Nashville.
5: Is that the is that where you think they'll go in number two with Jameis Winston and Mariota being the top two quarterbacks? Do you think that um by at when the draft starts that the Titans will go with a quarterback in number two, or is there a chance that they could go somewhere else?
6: Well, you know, not to be just a contrarian point of view, but I really do think that given that Marcus Mariota isn't exactly the type of quarterback Ken hunt's had success with in the past, and the fact that he's probably going to be a project to would take about two to three years to develop. I think the Titans might go over on the defensive side of the ball and look at Leonard Williams of Southern California, uh, the big defensive end who would play in their three-four system and provide a difference maker for Dick LeBeau, who's come in to run this defense. I think you know if they do like Mariota. I think they like him maybe better than they thought they would. And I think they really have three options right now. There's Mariota, there's Williams, and there's trade to pick for a bundle of picks that can be spread out over this year and probably next year.
5: Do you see them trading for a veteran quarterback, or they have faith in Zach Mettenberger?
6: I think they do have some faith in Zach Mettenberger. I think that you know they still don't have a full evaluation of what he is because he only made six starts last year before suffering that shoulder injury that uh, shelved him for the final three games of the year. And it's very hard to... to Evaluate a rookie quarterback coming in, especially when everything is falling apart around him. The Titans' offensive line was the sieve at the end of last year. They had no running game. Receivers got hurt, and the defense was terrible. So Mettenberger was kind of put in a no-win situation. And you know, I think he surprised some people by responding as well as he did. Uh, you know, I don't think they're completely sold on him, but I don't think they've completely given up on him either. I, I think that. He's a guy that they feel like you can win with. The difference would be, can they get an upgrade if they were able to swing a blockbuster trade for a guy like Phillip Rivers, which has been rumored out of San Diego, or do they feel like that Mariota or Winston could be a bigger upgrade and be an answer at the position long term?
5: With all the rumors starting to flurry around, like you said, with Phillip Rivers and other quarterbacks potentially going to Tennessee, do you think the chances of Tennessee trading that pick has gone up in, say, the last couple weeks?
6: I think they are keeping an open mind and keeping kind of all options open in terms of what they want to do with the pick. I think their intent probably is to make a pick at number 2 and choose between Williams and Mariota. But I also think that if somebody comes in and overwhelms them, then I think they would absolutely listen. and They would absolutely uh, take somebody up on an offer if it's one they could not refuse. What I was told a few weeks ago was that if a team wanted to move up, like the Eagles had been rumored to move up from 20 to 2, that what it would take to get there would be something even more than what the Atlanta Falcons gave up. Several years ago, when they went, I think, from 27 to 6 mm-hmm. to get Julio Jones. So there, I think there were five picks involved in that. So the Titans are looking for a King's ransom if they move the number two pick.
5: We're talking with Terry McCormick from 24 7 Sports covering the Tennessee Titans. Terry, um, there's a pick. The Tennessee has a pick in each round except the seventh round. They also have two picks in the sixth. What other needs do they need to fill with this draft?
6: Well, one thing they've got to do is get a right tackle. They cut Michael Orr earlier in the offseason. His play was very uh, sporadic last year. He didn't play very well. Then he was injured and missed the final five games. They, they've got to get a right tackle to plug in there. They could still use some help in the secondary, some guys who could come in maybe and play nickel or play in dime situations. They still could use another inside linebacker, probably another outside linebacker who can rush the passer in certain situations, and they probably can use some receivers because, really, they only have three guys that are kind of locks at that position in Kendall Wright, Harry Douglas, and Justin Hunter, who's coming off an injury.
5: Would you say they'd focus more on the defensive side in this draft, or will offense be more of a priority?
6: I think they'll have to focus on both, but I think – the priority might be on offense, especially if they don't go quarterback in round one. They're still are going to have to add a quarterback somewhere. They're going to have to add a receiver. They're going to have to add a tackle. So I think offense might be more the focus because in free agency, the focus was more on the defensive side of the ball where they added Parrish Cox, Brian Pope, DeNorris Searcy, guys that they feel like can come in and start right away and improve this defense.
5: Good stuff there. That's Terry McCormick from 24/7 Sports, TitanInsider.com. You can check his work out on there. He's been covering the Titans beat since 1997. Terry, it should be interesting with number two pick for the Titans, and uh, we'll talk to you down the road. Hopefully, thanks for coming on. All right, thanks for having me. All right, when we come back, we'll turn our attention to UFC fighting. Two fighters in the studio here: Daniel Cormier and Ryan Bader. That's yours next on the Black and Blue Report. <laughs>
0: pelicans fans be sure to download the team's official app so you can play our new game quest for the coast presented by chevron help pierre the pelican save the coast in this infinite flying adventure save as many miles of the coast as you can before the water rises this fun interactive game includes a basketball bonus round and educational facts about the environment provided by the audubon nature institute quest for the coast presented by chevron available only on the pelicans app downloaded today he must be a big deal since he's verified on Twitter. He's Sean Kelly, and this is the Black and Blue Report.
1: Well, with part of our, um, our mantra here at the Black and Blue Report is you never know who will stop by, and that's certainly the case today. I didn't, I didn't ever dream that on this Thursday, number one, would I be talking UFC, but have two UFC fighters in the same room together. That are going to square off in June. I'll get into more of that in just a minute. But the UFC makes its first return to New Orleans since 2011, if you can believe that, when uh, the UFC hits the Smoothie King Center coming up uh, in June. Tickets go on sale Friday, by the way. This is a nationally televised event for UFC. It's going to be fantastic. And uh, with that, we welcome in uh, Daniel Cormier and Ryan Bader, who uh, are going to square off in the octagon in June. Um, Let's just start with that. I was a little concerned having the two of you in the same room together, let alone touring the city. Um, this is a, this is kind of a strange. Am, am I am I leaning on old boxing footage too much here to see two guys uh, about to square off in the same room together and very pleasant at the moment?
4: At times, at times it can be like it can be like that, but in this situation, it's a little different. You know, we're still two months away from the fight. There's a lot of mutual respect between Ryan and I. Uh, long-standing uh relationship it may not have been very close but you know just in passing i've known ryan since he was a he was a younger guy in college you know so yeah ryan Ryan Bader's
3: all right with me all right ryan yeah same here you know you don't have to hate the guy to go in there and and compete you know and that's i've done it my whole career uh i haven't really had one guy that uh, you know we were we're battling on you know battling words or, or whatnot before a fight and so um at the end of the day we're professionals we have a job to do show up in that octagon you know,
4: fight night and get it on.
1: You're better men than me. I I don't think anybody who wants to take my head off. I'm gonna <laughs> put on the friend list at the moment. Well,
4: I'm gonna tell you one thing, man. This is much different and much better than my last fight. It's much better than carrying all that animosity uh, towards you. Able to train with the easy mind and everything, and just get ready to compete.
1: All right, you're ranked third right now. Light heavyweights is what we're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Third and Ryan's fifth. So this is a this is a big fight for both of you, to say the least.
4: Yeah, it's a huge fight. I mean, Ryan's probably having the best stretch of his career. He's won four in a row. Uh just beat Phil Davis, who hardly anyone ever beats because he's so awkward uh and then, you know obviously i just I just lost my first fight fight I fought for the championship, and if I want to get back to a championship fight, I have to win this fight, you know so uh it, it's a it's a it's a fight where it pretty much boils down to who's going to get a shot at the title
1: and that would be bones, right? He's still at yeah, the top yeah, can, yeah. yeah um so third versus fifth, Daniel, of course, you're a repeat customer here to the Black and Blue Report. by the way, welcome back. Um, I'm told by you. <laughs> yeah. Let's just be honest. I'm told by you I shouldn't be so welcoming to and Ryan here.
4: I've, I've been. I mean, I am sitting here confused as to what you guys are doing. Ryan Bader came in here last night and had great food. He's 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 starting to gather these great ideas of what Louisiana can be. Mm-hmm. When in reality, we need to make sure this guy knows that he hates Louisiana. One, he's going to come here. We'll treat him as though he doesn't belong. He doesn't get the tour to tour the facility. I've, I've pretty much gone above everybody's head. He does not get to walk around <laughs> the facility and see our facilities. He does not get to see the awesome Pelicans facilities. He doesn't get to see any of that. And then he has to lose to me on June 6th. We can't let him feel comfortable because then he'll be like, I, I don't mind Louisiana. We want him to hate it. We want him to go like, I can't stand that place. These people are rude. And he go back to Phoenix, you know, so. That's not I've be had so great, nice to Bader.
3: Great hospitality, great see, food since I've been here. And that's a problem. I'm getting right? a tour of the facility, the Saints facility. <laughs> Might be able to kick a field goal or something like that. No, that's just ridiculous. I'm going to come in here and fight night and maybe get a couple of cheers. It's
4: going to be great. Now he's, you see, this is what you guys started. Well, hold on. Not only does he want to, come, he's coming to fight her. Now he expects you guys to cheer for him over uh, no. me because of what you guys are doing.
1: Don't lump me into that you guys thing because I'm going with the Lafayette kids. <laughs> oh, come me. on. All right there. And not to mention, he's a huge Saints and Pelicans fan. And I don't see you professing your faith here in the Saints or
3: the Pelicans. That's true. Anymore. I'll give you that. I'll give you that.
4: On Friday night when the Pelicans play the Suns? Yes. Pelicans will run him out of the arena. I love it. And then we'll run Bader out of the arena. I'll have my orange on. If he wears a Phoenix Suns jersey, we lock him out at the door. (laughs) Make him wear
1: orange on Friday.
4: We'll lock him out at the door.
1: Okay, fair (laughs) enough. Now we're getting somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They're both smiling, though. Uh, You know, it's interesting. Both of you are collegiate wrestlers. Um, Daniel went off, left Lafayette, went off to Oklahoma State and then Arizona State for you. Uh, yes, sir. Two traditional powers. By the way, the wrestling national championships held in St. Louis last month. That was a big time event. I, it's really grown to say the least from when I was back in college. How many UFC fighters have a wrestling background? How common is this and why does it translate to the mixed martial arts that we see now in the octagon at the UFC
3: level? There's more and more right now, you know, coming into the game for wrestlers. We, you know, we're we're busting our butts every day. Um, we're not getting the accolades other sports are. You know, we're going to college. We'll get our school paid for. Um, you know, some guys go on higher level like DC here. Um, you know, try to go for Olympic gold, but we have no professional, you know, place where we can go get paid and use our skills. And MMA has opened that up for us. So you're going to see a lot more wrestlers come on the scene, and you're going to see the next generation come up that are uh, very, very good wrestlers, but have had MMA on their minds since there are kids, and, you know, that's going to be a scary time when those kids come in and, and start competing, for sure.
1: But, Daniel, I can see where this benefits guys like you when it gets down on the mat, let's put it that way. But as far as being upright, I don't see how it translates very well.
4: Well, it it, it does, you know, because it allows us to dictate where the fight actually takes place. Uh-huh. If a guy's too good in the stand-up, I just run out, and we just go take him down. If a guy's <laughs> very good on the ground, then you don't allow him to score a take down, then you end up fighting on your feet, so – uh, it helps in that sense. It also helps with learning how to train and everything. You know, wrestlers, they work harder than than, than almost any sport in the world, you know. And just because, uh, mostly for the love of the sport, you know. So, uh, you know, it, it, it translates uh, all around in mixed martial arts. I mean, of the seven champions in the UFC, 125, 135, uh, 170, 170, I think. Who's... 185, 205, and heavyweight, they all have wrestling backgrounds. So the seven champions, like four or five of them have wrestling backgrounds at a high level. So uh, it does translate very well to mixed martial arts. Well, when did
1: you pick up the mix, mixed martial arts part of this, Ryan? How did you translate the wrestling skills into now, I need to learn how to kick, I need to throw mm-hmm. a, pro- a proper punch? Um, yeah. still, he still doesn't kick no. very
4: well <laughs> yeah. Bader still not kick literally. very well I'm just saying You know, he can punch Yeah, He's got a big right hand And he can punch I'll, I'll bring but it But I would love fight, for though. Bader To start trying to kick in June That would be awesome That would be Bader, more kicks, no punches Let's just do a kick fight You better watch the high kicks then See, Bader's, he, Bader's got a high kick Now he's working on that That's his trick
3: No, you know, for, uh, for me I didn't start I didn't throw a correct punch Or learn how to, you know Throw a correct punch Or any boxing class Until after college You know, I wrestled through college And then, uh A couple guys on my team were thinking about going in. Um, One of his training partners and a friend of mine came Velasquez. You know, we wrestled together. He's a heavyweight champ, and he knew he was going into MMA right away. You know, he was in Mexico trying to get a fight a couple weeks after nationals. And so um, we kind of came in a little later, and that's when we started everything. So we had to work from the ground up, you know, at 22 years old. Mm -hmm. You know, like I was saying, where these kids these days are, are training in everything. They're going to be high-level wrestling, and they've been doing a boxing class and all that kind of stuff since they were kids.
1: It's interesting. Um, PEDs, let me ask you about that real quick. Uh, you know, we deal with the NFL and the NBA where mm-hmm. it is high-tech as far as making sure guys are clean and properly training and, and doing it the right way. And a lot of that has to do with most the majority of the athletes now are in this mode where I don't want so-and-so doing that because it could end up injuring me at some point. In your sport, literally your life may be in the other guy's hands. Yep. Um, how all best do you now at the UFC in that that arena? Try and regulate a, a sport where literally any advantage you can get can determine not only your career but your your future health as well.
4: Well, they're they're uh, they're doing a much better job of it now. Um, as first off, they're, they're now doing random testing, mm-hmm. which they didn't do before. We would test on fight night. Uh, after the fight before the fight as a main event uh, but now they're doing random testing so uh, as Ryan and I are touring the city th- they may pop up and test us uh, you know for anything
3: doing blood too yep. Uh
4: they're hiring people to, to help now they just hired the, the guy that was in uh, charge of the Balco investigation so they're trying I mean it, it's very difficult when you have 500 athletes all around the world it's much it's much different much different than just uh, dealing with people in the States but they're doing a a better job of it. The UFC is actually leading the charge on, on trying to fight performance-enhancing drugs, um, and make it a clean sport. Because as you said, there is no sport where a guy cheating more directly affects a, a person. I mean, you are punching someone. So if you're on steroids and, and you're cheating, uh, you're, you're, you're 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 superhuman, mm-hmm. and you're actually punching another guy in the head. You know, a father, a husband, uh, you can hurt someone. So yeah, it's it's. I think it should be more on the fighter to actually take responsibility for his opponent, knowing that you don't want to hurt somebody, uh, maybe even fatally.
1: I only bring it up because I think, it, like you said, it it directly affects the well-being of you and your families. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate bringing that up. Any no, that's sport, what I but have. this one seems to make a lot of sense. And going
3: forward, you know, if you're in a high-profile fight and if you're doing PEDs, you're going to get caught. Yeah. Now, you know, maybe some of the the guys on the you know lower card, the first prelim, what whatever, you know, you, maybe you could skirt by a few times. You mm-hmm. know, in, in the past. It really was like an IQ test. Like you said, we show up, you, you pee in a cup, fight night, and that was it. You know, now at any time, they can pop in and if you're in the jurisdiction, and they can blood test you, you draw your blood, and yeah, they're looking for hearing,
4: hearing
3: everything, EPO, HGH now, everything. So if you're in a, a main event, you're in the main card, you're in a big fight, and if you're doing PEDs now, you're going to get caught, and it's only going to get tighter and tighter.
4: And they're there actually, it does not matter who you are. You're seeing some of the biggest name guys actually getting put out on blast, like, hey, this guy was cheating. You know, and then, uh, you know, I mean, Anderson Silva, John Jones, right. you know, those guys that, that if, as an organization, if you're going to hide anybody from that stuff, it's those guys, and in, in the UFC didn't do that. Interesting.
1: Well, it sounds like maybe you guys are more at the forefront than the others. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say that's because there's not a strong players' union involved or anything like that, but it is what it is. I think you all seem to have the, the right perspective of this. You have to. Uh, yep. Yeah. All right, so you're the main event. Mm hmm. The car. Uh, I would say that. What do you call it in UFC? You know, we call it a face-off in the NHL, tip-off in the NBA. What's the start of a fight in UFC called?
4: we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> both be in the corner, and they'll ask us. You know, we'll, they'll walk us to the center of the octagon. Yep. come uh, and kind of tell you the instructions, just like you do in boxing. Yep. But there won't be a coach. You know, in boxing, there's you and you, yeah, your right. Opponent. You got your corner, right? It'll be just Ryan and I. Uh, referee will tell us our instructions.
1: So there's no, there's no phrase for the start of this thing.
4: I used to just fight. It's yeah. just fight. Are you ready to fight? Are you ready to <laughs> fight? They, they all
3: have their own little, little gotcha.
1: thing they say, but. All right. So fight is scheduled to start at 10. It'll be on Fox sports. One. We know that the undercards on Fox sports Two. Uh, before I ask you about the undercard in June here in new Orleans, let's have the uh, Cormier versus Bader scouting report from each of you.
4: Go ahead, Bader. Yeah. Go first. And how much
1: fun <laughs> is involved in this? How much what? Film, video. Well, oh, Beta yeah. already
4: pretty much gave my scout a report in an interview last week when he said he's going to knock me off. So, <laughs> <laughs> Beta, go ahead. Give right. your scouting report, Beta. Yeah, you're, the, uh,
3: you're, you're at five, so you go first. Yeah, you know, um, DC's a great fighter. You know, not taking anything away from him. Um, you know, he just fought for the title. Uh, all the pressure's on him, really. You know, we both want to get a title shot. You know, he's been there. I haven't been there yet. Um, you know, we, we watch a lot of film. Um, you know, and for, for DC, he's all around, he's a good fighter, you know, obviously he's a a accomplished wrestler. He can take, um, people down when he wants to a lot of the times, you know, but, um, I don't think he's fought, you know, a wrestler like me, as far as it can put it into the MMA game. Um, you know, he, he's a, all around a good fighter. And so you have to find weaknesses and holes there and tendencies and, um, you know, I'm not going to tell him what we're working on and whatnot, but, um, I plan to go in there, uh, have fun, and let loose and earn that title shot. You know, if I go in there and just beat D.C. um, decision and whatnot, I'm probably not going to get it. So I want to go in there and I want to earn it. That's what I was saying. I want to go in there and knock them out. If I do that, I prove I beat one of the best guys in the world at the division and I deserve the title shot.
1: Well, Daniel, that's interesting, isn't it? One yeah, that's and, right, yeah. and, and Will, <laughs> it's very interesting. <laughs> and now the third ranked to uh, light heavyweight, Daniel Cormier, with his scouting report.
4: Well, I mean, you know, Ryan's Ryan's good. Like I said, he's in the best stretch of his career right now. Uh, honestly, you, you want my scouting report on Ryan Bader? I'm yeah. usually on Fox Sports One doing the commentary stuff, and and I talk about Bader all the time. Uh, he can wrestle. You know, he, he he doesn't make mistakes like he used to. Before, he used to make a lot of mistakes. He's more ca- not more cautious now and more aware of the situation at all times. So it'll make him tougher. But at the end of the day, I think his best attribute is still his wrestling. Uh, he, he has he has really, really good takedowns. And when things do get tough, that's what he tends to go to. Uh, so after, after the fin I have to defend takedowns. I have to make him fight where he's uncomfortable. Um, I believe I can do that. You know, I, I believe that. Uh, I believe in myself. So... I believe Ryan's going to be as good as he's ever been. I just don't know if that's going to be enough just because I just think that I'm just a little better than he is uh all around.
1: Okay. 5 rounds. Is that the normal five length five for a fight rows. of this caliber? For a main event, yeah, mm-hmm. 5 5 minutes round. I was trying to figure out um you know, if you look up UFC, it says, "Look, the round times can vary." Um, is because that true? I mean
4: three or five min? They they mean three or five rounds. The rounds can vary, not the times. The times are always five minutes.
3: Times are five
1: minutes. Are five that's a long minutes. way to go. Oh,
4: five mm-hmm. minutes is, is it's horrendous. Twenty-five <laughs> minutes
3: of of straight fighting, you know. So twenty-five yeah.
4: minutes with one minute breaks. Yeah, there's not that's really a room to hide. Of up fighting.
3: Either. It's what now? A sitcom of fighting. <laughs>
4: yeah, it's a thirty-minute well, show. That's true. Yeah, the it? horrible thing is practice because you leave to go spar. And you're gone for 30 minutes before you actually, any, before the rest of the guys see you back in the gym because your, our rooms are separate. So when you go to the sparring room, mm-hmm. you're going for 30 minutes every single time you spar. Oh, it's crazy. It's exhausting, is what it is. It's very exhausting.
1: Who's the best smack talker in UFC? Probably
4: Conor McGregor. That dude's, uh, he's pretty good. <laughs> <Little> Irish <laughs> kid, he's he's funny.
1: Because I haven't seen much in this room today.
4: No, it's like because yeah. there's not much. You know, I I mean, if you, I can turn it on on Bader, but not right now. It's too far away from the fight. I'll turn it on on
3: I've never been a talker. You know, DC's a talker. He's on the UFC <laughs> shows and all that. You know, so maybe I don't want to get into that game of words with him, but
4: last week Bader said he was going to knock me out, so I, I was on my sh- my show. I have I have a show yep. week, can I yep. use it to actually push my fights. And I am not ashamed of it. <laughs> I said I would change it. I am not ashamed of the fact that I use my show to actually push my fights. I said I was going to take Bader behind the woodshed and beat – can I cuss? Um, Ass. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to take Bader (laughs) behind the woodshed and beat his ass. Then I was going to throw him out of Louisiana back to Arizona. I said that uh, that Leota Machida punched him into the next stratosphere. And then I said he lost to an old guy. Don't ever disrespect me by saying you're going to come into my home state and get your hand raised, Ryan Bader.
1: And yeah, from that... I didn't, I didn't know
4: all this. Yeah, yeah Bader oh, this was just like... Great, okay. And Bader was just sitting there like, Oh, man, that sucks, DC. Don't hurt my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> all, DC, don't hurt my feelings. You had me up
3: until
1: the see, last part
4: there. You see, that he, has <laughs> a, he has
3: a platform here, too, to do I, his smack it's talk. It's a
4: little unfair, because I can do it on national television every week. But this is all I've home, got is like a Twitter. This is the home office for him, too. I
1: know. Daniel, will you if uh, if your success continues, uh, you get another fight or a chance at the at the light heavyweight title? Um, when you get yourself into the driver's seat, is it can it be like boxing to where you say, "I'm you want to fight me?" You come to Louisiana now.
4: You know what, man? I, I you know, the big fights like that are gen norm- like the heavy the championship fights normally in Vegas. Mm-hmm. I would lo- I actually requested to fight on this one. I asked to, I asked to fight at home. I asked to fight on Fox Sports 1 because I've never been on a, on a free show. I've always been on, on pay-per-view. Pay-per-view, right. So I, I asked to come home. I asked to fight on Fox Sports 1. Uh, and the UFC actually, they did it. You know, and then they said, Bader, you know, they said, we never can complain about Bader because we just call him and say, hey, would you like to fight DC? And he's like, sure. Would you like to fight DC in Louisiana? Because it's different now, you know, because if you're like, okay, you guys go fight in New Jersey somewhere, it's right. no difference. Like, hey, would you like to fight him in Louisiana? And he said, Bader goes, sure, why not?
3: It's a man of you. <laughs> yeah, we never, never turned down a fight. You know, I no. fought in Brazil, people's hometowns, all that kind of deal. Um, I, I relish in that situation where I'm going into somebody else's home. I'm a big underdog. Like what do I have to lose? That's what I love Stop about this position. Stop trying to put the position. pressure on me, Bader. You, <laughs> you have. You have everything to right. lose. I'm a four to one underdog.
4: Bader's done that twice so far. Well, just know so, that people in Louisiana can be extremely nasty on fight night. So it may not be like Brazil. It be. It's going to be much worse. Just know that, Ryan. I you know. I'll know it. I'd love, so far, <laughs> I'd love to see New Orleans. So
1: far, though, I'd love to see New Orleans slash Louisiana become more of a of the regular rotation whether it be yeah. Sao Paulo yeah Las Vegas Los Angeles as you said the New Jersey New York area I just I think there's a I think there's room for it here and it could be a good spot
4: well last time last time they came they fought at the, the Convention Center mm-hmm. and it was for a uh, a Harley-davidson event and the tickets didn't do very well so we have to get out and we have to fill this arena and if you fill this arena people will come the UFC will continue to come the moment they see that it's a viable market to actually bring the bring the uh bring the product I'm fighting Dustin Poirier's fighting Sean Jordan's fighting played fullback at LSU they're about five or six of the biggest guys from Louisiana fighting on this card and they're giving you a very very good free card Dan Henderson's on the card uh Matt Mitrione versus uh uh Matt Mitrione versus Rothwell. Ben Rothwell I mean they are giving a very very good free card and the tickets are unbelievably cheap like 180 bucks gets you ringside Ringside. It you ringside. 180
1: And the event starts at 7. Yep. The undercard takes you till 10. Then yeah. you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a full night of entertainment right there. Oh, it's oh,
4: unbelievable. Yeah. And I mean, you could watch fights all day long. It'll be like a 12, 13 fight card.
1: Incredible. Incredible. National television. Fox Sports 2 at 7. Fox Sports 1 for the main event at 10. Tickets go on sale Friday at all the usual Ticketmaster outlets. Then again, this, this is not the convention center. This is at the Smoothie King yep. Center. So the downtown center will be focused around UFC. This this ought to be fantastic. Ryan, good luck.
3: Thank you. Can um, I get a tour. We'll what? Be, we'll be. Can I get a tour. What?
1: You know, hey, it's a little <laughs> southern hospitality. Okay, okay. Right. Because okay. um, okay. he knows I'm lying. Okay. Right. Okay. We, we do that in the NBA and the NFL. We'll see. We'll see the other announcer or another coach, and we'll say, you know, I'm going to tell you good luck, but you also know that I'm lying, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah okay.
4: Good.
3: So
1: you seem like a nice enough guy.
3: Hey, hey, he's a nice guy. Don't backpedal now. I'm not. <laughs>
1: I'm actually, we're all in one piece here. I, I had my concerns this morning. I told Scotty, our trainer with the Saints, I said, look, if you get a frantic phone call in about 15 minutes, you'll, here's why.
3: We still have time. This
1: is true.
4: <laughs> Scotty don't want to come in here trying to help.
1: I've got uh, Cameron Jordan and a couple other guys out back. Mm-hmm. Although, I don't know if they want to mess with you guys either. <laughs> they don't like the whole wrestling part of it. They like to stay upright as best they can. Yeah.
4: Cameron Jordan's a man.
1: Yeah. No, he's,
4: he's the man.
1: He's like you guys, though. He's so charming. And a great interview and a great visit, and then he puts the chin strap on and becomes an absolute animal Beast. so um, w- number one thing that is the biggest mis- misconception about UFC before we get out of here
4: just that just that we're you know kind of like just barbarians when we're not you know Ryan's obviously a college graduate I'm a college graduate as is most as are most of the guys in the UFC so Know that they're smart, nice guys. Go up to them and talk to them, and we're probably the easiest of professional athletes to actually just approach. Because again, we're just wrestlers. We never expected any of this. You know, we weren't we weren't young kids that were already stars. You know, we're just wrestlers.
1: Yep, yeah, there is that other phase of your life, right?
4: Yeah, we're like like the shark when the eye goes black. Oh, okay. Yeah. There
1: you go. Okay. <laughs> And this devilish grin that Ryan Brader has on the other side of the <laughs> room is pretty good, too. Gentlemen, all the best. Um, I hope that you're a part of uh, a great start to a UFC tradition in New Orleans. And I couldn't think of two other guys that I'd rather have started off for us here Appreciate as you. That. Yep. Thank
4: you. Let's fill this arena, man. Let's fill this arena, guys. Yeah,
1: outstanding. Outstanding. Um, Ryan was going to stay here uh, with us in Studio B, apparently, because he's not allowed anywhere else in the facility. Come on. Daniel Cormier, the uh, Louisiana native, will, like, I guess, uh, enjoy the bouncy here of <laughs> yes. Airline Drive. So He
4: can watch. He can stand in. He, he, Ryan, you are limited to the entryway at the beginning. Can I get a glass of something? That is not all that bad, because you get to look at our Super Bowl trophy. Oh, get out of here. Right.
1: Uh, okay. <laughs> on that note, we should probably get out of here. We'll take a break. We'll continue in just a
0: moment. The future is now for the New Orleans Pelicans. As all-star Anthony Davis has become one of the elite players in the NBA, 2015-16 season tickets are now on sale. So make sure to get your seats now and receive special gifts as part of our parade of prizes. Season ticket holders receive great benefits, including access to exclusive team events, plus savings on concessions and merchandise. Be part of the best fan experience in the NBA by calling 525 Hoop or visiting pelicans.com today.
5: This is Quincy Pondex and you listen to the Black and Blue Report.
1: A couple of things before we get out of here on this uh, Thursday. Uh, as I mentioned, the Pelicans take on the Suns tomorrow night at Smoothie King Center. It is a huge game. They all are the rest of the way. Uh, four to go now for the Pelicans. Just two home games left and the first of which again tomorrow at seven. The year of the red uniform continues. That means the first 3,000 kids uh, ages 13 and younger uh, get the red uniform shorts tomorrow night. Uh, that's a great promotion. Ticket prices are very reasonable, and uh, but keep in mind, I think they're going very fast. We've already had uh, a large push for tickets earlier this week with the Pelicans winding things down and still in the playoff hunt, so might want to hustle up. Pelicans.com, as always, or easily on the phone at 504-525-HOOP. As far as other Pelicans programming goes, don't forget, tonight is the Monty Williams Show. Pelicans head coach sits down with uh, myself. And we'll discuss the uh, current state of things in an extended format. That's 8 until 8.30 Central tonight on the flagship station of the Pelicans Radio Network, WWL-FM. Thanks again to uh, Terry McCormick and Daniel Salerson for uh, continuing our NFL Draft Preview Series today. Sure was fun to talk to Daniel Cormier and Ryan Bader today uh, from the UFC. And uh, I'm sure we'll be talking better things about the Pelicans tomorrow uh, with head coach Monty Williams uh, instead of, you know, the loss last night against Memphis. I'm really excited about tomorrow night's game. I think it's pivotal. I think it gives you some momentum going into another road trip over the weekend. So not only do I want to see you on the radio, as I always say, but I'd rather see you at the Smoothie King Center with an uh, open and loud throat. <laughs> uh, we need a really good home game atmosphere tomorrow night at, uh, at the Smoothie King Center. Tomorrow's program, as I mentioned, Pelicans head coach Monty Williams. I think we continue our NFL draft preview series tomorrow and we'll talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars, who will select at number three in the NFL draft. Uh, and, and again, kind of like today with the UFC guys, I don't, I'm not so sure we ever really know who uh, will stop by or what possibly we could talk about uh, as we did today. So with that being said, I bid you adieu on this Thursday. Don't forget Monty Williams' show tonight. Back here tomorrow on the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. This is the Black and Blue Report. I'm Sean Kelly.
0: And from Studio B. So long for just a while.